Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. Many portions of Scripture talk about salvation, and most of us as Christians feel that we understand this term well enough. But do we really know what it is to be saved to the uttermost, as spoken of in Hebrews chapter 7? We will see this higher view of salvation on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. The Life Study of the Bible is an exhaustive commentary of the entire Bible emphasizing life, begun by Witness Lee in 1974 and completed some 21 years later, near the end of his life of faithful service to Christ. We're pleased to have some recorded excerpts of one of these classic messages in the Life Study of Hebrews today, and here to enjoy these and add his own comments is Ed Marks. Ed, welcome back. It's nice to have you. Chris, it's a real privilege to be back again for this classic life study on the book of Hebrews. Ed, we're going to see some striking comparisons today between Hebrews and Romans. These books were written to two entirely different categories of believers. Are they really that similar, Brother Ed? Yes, Chris, they're very similar, and I would just like to mention one main point here to show their similarity. Uh, when we did the broadcast on Romans, we saw that Romans shows us the complete, full salvation of God. That this salvation includes our being redeemed by Him, and also our being saved to the uttermost in His life, by Him dispensing Himself as life into us, all the way from regeneration to glorification. Well, when you come to the book of Hebrews, you see the same thing from another angle. Even Hebrews 2 refers to Christ as the captain of salvation, leading God's many sons into glory. And today we'll see that he saves us to the uttermost by interceding for us. Well, this salvation is the salvation in his life. He saves us all the way from regeneration to glorification as the captain of salvation. And we will see in this broadcast how he does this. He does this as the high priest interceding for us and ministering himself into us. This broadcast will be special. You are in for a real treasure of a broadcast. Ed, let's get right to it. Here's Witness Lee with today's life study from Hebrews. Here we have a very, very marvelous and wonderful message. A heavenly minister with a more excellent ministry. What is the right meaning of this title? A heavenly minister. I'm afraid probably not many among us could answer. A heavenly minister. 
we saw there are two aspects of Christ's priesthood. And there are two sections of his ministry. One is around on the earth, and the other is kingly and divine in the heavens. I like to add a little word. I refer strongly Hebrew to Romans, and I compared these two books. In Romans 5, sin was dealt with. Then, in Romans 5, again, death was dealt with. But, when you come to Romans 8, firstly, sin is mentioned there. And secondly, death is also mentioned there. The law of the spirit of life has released me from the law of sin and death. To set the mind upon the flesh is death. You have sin and death covered, as I mentioned in the first part of Romans 8. But when you go on from the first part of that chapter to the middle part and to the last part, what you have there is no more sin and death, but groaning, vanity, corruption, bondage, slavery. What are these? These are neither sin nor death. These are the byproducts of death. I say again, in Christianity, a lot of books read as a kind of exposition on this Christian life book, that is Romans. Many expositions were written by many, many scholars. I can assure you, you go to all those books, you couldn't find one that tells you vanity, corruption, bondage, slavery, groaning. These are the byproducts of death. To overcome sin is one thing. To uh, overcome death is another thing. To uh, read off all these byproducts of death is the third thing. Romans shows us, firstly, God's justification. Secondly, God's sanctification. And thirdly, God's glorification. In Romans, from chapter 3 to end of chapter 8, you could see the three steps of God's economical salvation. In God's economy of his salvation, he has three steps for you. Justification. Sanctification and glorification. Ed, I believe that probably none of us have considered the byproducts of death before. Day by day, most of us don't consider that death is a factor that confronts us until in the end. 
But these byproducts are present with us all the time, aren't they? Yes, they are. And, of course, you know, if we consider our experience, we can see that the byproducts of death are with us all the time. Corruption is with us. Bondage is with us. People are in bondage to a lot of bad habits and things. Slavery is with us. Groaning is with us. Every day people are groaning. They go and they partake of worldly entertainments and sports. But after it's all over, there's a question in them. What is life all about? Decay is with us. And I would say above all, vanity is with us. Solomon uh, who was the wisest man on the earth in the Old Testament, in Ecclesiastes, he says, vanity of vanity, all is vanity. And he discovered, as a wealthy man, a man who tried everything, that everything is empty apart from God. And we know that God is in Christ. Christ is the real God. So Ecclesiastes tells us that everything is vanity of vanities. But the next book is the Song of Songs, which shows us that when we love the Lord Jesus, our life gets transferred out of the byproducts of death into the song of songs where we enjoy him as our life and everything. As Brother Lee goes further, we will see how we can escape these terrible byproducts of death. Let's go back to that fellowship. Here's Witness Lee. God's economical salvation. It's not there to justify us, neither to sanctify us, but to glorify us. What is to glorify us? To glorify us is to saturate our being with His divine priesthood. When our whole being will be saturated and permeated with his divine priesthood. I tell you, that is glorification. The last step of God's salvation is to glorify us. And this glorification is not to save us from sin, neither save us even from death. No. But this glorification is to save us from the byproduct of death. From vanity, corruption, decay, bondage, slavery, and groaning. All the things need the uttermost salvation. He is able to save us to the uttermost. The uttermost salvation is not just to bring us out of sin, to bring us out of death, but to diminish, shallow up all the byproducts of death. And that will be the manifestation of the sins of God. And that will be the freedom of glory. By that time, not only we, the sins of God, will be freed from the bondage of vanity and corruption. Even the whole creation will be. To be saved to the uttermost is to be brought into death, completed perfection. This is to be glorified. In Romans 8, it tells us, 
whom God knew, God called. Whom God called, God justified. And whom God justified, God glorified. So you see, glorification is the uttermost salvation. This glorification is the definition of Hebrew 7.25. To save them to the uttermost. What is the uttermost salvation, brothers? That is to glorify you. And what is to glorify you? To get you and all the creation out of the byproducts of death. There will be no groaning, no slavery, no bondage, no vanity, no corruption, no decay. I tell you, this is the glorification and this is the uttermost salvation. Ed, I'd like to ask you a question here. This was a wonderful presentation of what it is to be saved to the uttermost. And Witness Lee used a phrase in conjunction, to be saturated and permeated with his divine priesthood. What does this mean, Ed? It sounds a little strange to our natural ears. Yes, Chris, and this is a good question. When we consider this question, we have to look at the whole book of Hebrews. Hebrews reveals that Christ is our great high priest. Well, if you look in the Old Testament, uh, you have the priesthood according to the order of Aaron. Well, the New Testament reveals that Christ was the real Aaron. What did Aaron do? He offered the sacrifices for sins. God became a man. This man's name was Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for our sins. He presented himself as the unique offering for sin, thus fulfilling the priesthood according to Aaron. But he was also raised from the dead, and he entered into his heavenly ministry. Now he is a great high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. If we look back in Genesis 14, Melchizedek, what he did was he ministered bread and wine to Abraham. What this shows us is that Christ in his heavenly ministry as the real Melchizedek, what he's doing is he is ministering himself into us as the life supply, as the real bread and the real wine. Well, when he ministers himself into us as bread and wine, what that is, is that's the ministry of himself as life supply into us. This ministry of life into us is his divine priesthood saturating our being. Now, what is the divine priesthood? We would say the divine priesthood is the presence of life and the absence of death. So, the way Christ as the high priest saves us to the uttermost from the byproducts of death is by saturating us with himself as the life supply. This is what it means to be saturated and permeated with his divine priesthood. Ed, the presence of life and the absence of death, these somewhat are similar to light and darkness, aren't they? The two can't coexist. The one means the exit or absence of the other. Exactly. When we say the presence of life and the absence of death, what we're saying is is that when life is present, it's impossible for death to be there. Right now, Christ is praying 
for us right this minute. He's praying for you. You are listening to this broadcast. And according to his prayer, he is ministering life into you as you're listening to this word right now. Where life is, death cannot be there. Life swallows up all the byproducts of death. In our last program, Ron Kangas and I touched this same point, and we were discussing how people go to such efforts and lengths to deal with these symptoms, these byproducts, counseling and retreats and all kinds of things to try to get free from these byproducts. But really, the answer is life, isn't it? Exactly. The answer is life. We need to open to the Lord in prayer and allow him to dispense himself as life into our being. His life swallows up all the byproducts of death. Let's join Witness Lee Ed for the conclusion of this life study. Who is doing this work? Melchizedek, our kingly and divine high priest. Please tell me, how many verses in the Bible that tell us Christ is interceding for us? How many? You just think of only two. One is in Hebrews 7.25. He is interceding for us. The other is in Romans 8.34. Christ is interceding there. These two verses correspond one to another. In Romans, you see Christ is interceding. For what? For the poor sinners? For you to be justified? That was in chapter 4 of Romans. The interceding in Romans 8 is for you to be what? Glorified! Just like interceding in Hebrews 7.25 is for you to be saved for the uttermost. To the uttermost equals glorification. So you see, in both of these two chapters of the Bible, we are told the same thing. Christ is interceding there. But without Hebrews, we don't know the interceding Christ is the kingly divine priest. We may just think... In Romans 8, the interceding Christ is simply the Savior. No! The interceding Christ is more than the Savior. He is the kingly priest. He is the divine priest. In other words, now let me tell you, he is the heavenly minister. All the things mentioned in Romans 8. Groaning, vanity, bondage, slavery, corruption, and so forth are the things which we today should slaughter. We slaughter groaning. We slaughter vanity. By the way that we realize our high priest is praying there. If you would slaughter, he would pray. He prays, you slaughter. You slaughter, he prays for you. This is our high priest today. I tell you, brothers, this is the heavenly minister. 
such a heavenly minister with a more excellent ministry. What is this more excellent ministry? It is number one, to intercede for all the good fighters. His intercession is just like a motor to bring more power into you. You see, here is a machine. To uh, operate the machine, you need the power. And how the power could be brought in by the motor. When the motor, more electricity will be brought in. I tell you, the interceding Christ in heaven, more power get into you. What is the heavenly minister here? And what is the more excellent minister here? It's not that low. Oh, Lord Jesus. We need some high vision. It is not a ministry to the poor, pitiful sinners. No. It's a higher ministry to the good fighters. God's victors. This is the priesthood which we have seen in Genesis 14. And now, in Hebrew, we have the continuation of that ministry. Brothers and sisters, is this all clear to you? I hope so. I hope so. Ed, this was one of those memorable moments from the life study of Hebrews. Christ's intercession for us and the heavenly priest produces a spiritual energy within us that was likened to the energy that energizes a motor. Ed, how do we experience this kind of energizing motor in our daily life? Chris, I just feel that this point is very marvelous, and I would like to point out to our listeners again that Romans 8.34 says that Christ is at the right hand of God, interceding for us. And Hebrews 7.25 tells us that he's able to save to the uttermost those who come forward to God through him, seeing that he is always living to intercede for them. Now, with these two verses, what we see right now, and I would like to emphasize to all our listeners, right now, Christ is praying for us. What a marvelous thing this is. Christ is praying for you. He's praying for me. He's praying for this broadcast. He always lives to intercede for his people. And what we saw in a marvelous way is that the interceding Christ is the motor of our Christian life. More particularly, and this addresses your question, Chris, how do we experience this motor? Well, we would say that prayer is the motor of our Christian life. Christ is interceding for us in the heavens. He's also in our spirit interceding. Well, we need to exercise our spirit to join him in his intercessory prayer. This becomes the motor of our Christian life. This keeps us burning for the Lord. This fills us with love for him, and we just want to give our lives to him. Now, I would like to just mention something very practical. In Luke chapter 22, verses 31 and 32, the Lord tells Simon, 
He says, Simon, Satan has sought to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And when you turn again, strengthen your brothers. Well, why didn't Peter's faith fail? It was because the Lord was praying for him. Just consider your Christian life. Many times it looked like you were down for the count. You weren't going to get up, but you had a turn. You turned back. Even your turn now. Why are you turning now, and why have you turned? It's because the Lord is praying for you. Well, if we're going to enter into this kind of energizing prayer, we need to fight for our Christian brothers by praying for them. If you look in Genesis 14, Melchizedek was praying for Abraham. Melchizedek is a type of Christ as the high priest. What was Abraham doing while Melchizedek was praying for him? He was fighting for Lot. He was fighting for his brother. And then when he came back after the victory to get Lot back from those enemies, Melchizedek ministered to him bread and wine. This shows us that we need to pray for our brothers. We need to fight for our brothers. When we pray for one another, Chris, when I pray for you, when you pray for me, we enter into the motor of our Christian life and the motor of God's eternal purpose. And then as we pray, Christ ministers himself into us as the life supply, as the bread and wine for our enjoyment. I would just like to encourage all of our listeners, we need to consecrate ourselves in a fresh way to pray every day and to pray for one another, to fight for one another, that all of us could be brought into the enjoyment of Christ as our great high priest. Yet I asked you for a practical word. This is really practical. I think as Christians... We've all experienced approaching prayer, considering prayer, and it seems so laborious, so difficult. But at the same time, we have all experienced praying into this energy that exists because the real interceding one, the real Melchizedek, is in us praying all the time, isn't he? Exactly. He's in us praying, and we just need to join with him in his prayer for the brothers. Ed, outstanding fellowship, wonderful life study today. It's a privilege to be able to be involved with the presentation of this material. We invite you to join us again very soon. I hope you will. Thank you, Chris. I'm really looking forward to coming back again for another marvelous life study on the book of Hebrews. We're going to continue our life study of Hebrews once again tomorrow, another portion with Witness Lee. For Ed Marks, I'm Chris Wilde, thanking you for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia, and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man, in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witnessly speaking, but to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety, 
or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.